As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm going to hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. L-Man decided he quit the pod, so... That's it. You know. We'll miss him. He's he's uh, trying to catch up on Law & Order, and, you know, just couldn't make it. SVU? So... Yeah, it's SVU. SBU is what it's called, actually. It's his version. Yeah, SBU. Um, <laughs> Summer League continues. The Thunder play tonight. Against the Golden State Warriors. If they beat the Warriors by like 40, I think, they have a chance to win the Summer League title. So like they'll play in the tournament? Stay tuned for that. So they won't. This the top, is their last the, game? The top two teams play each other, and that's it. There's not a, like a tournament. Oh, okay. Is this their last game? Yeah. It's probably their last game. The Warriors have a good Summer League roster, so depending on who they play. Well, it's the they same. will not win I mean, by 40. The Thunder do as well. No, no, no. But they just don't. They're not playing anybody anymore. I'd, I'm. Sh- I'd be shocked if Chet plays tonight. Hey, he's a hooper and a baller. So is Giddy, and he's played all all the games but one. So I don't know why Chet wouldn't play tonight. True. I'd like to see him out there. Yeah, I'd like to see the boy out there. I'd like to see him against Wiseman. Yeah, I'd like to see him out on the court. <laughs> I'd like to see the boy out there. I'd like to see the boy out there playing on the court. Uh, thoughts on Chet <laughs> through, uh, what are we at? Six summer league games? It's, I think it's his fault that we will talk about him too much. So uh, the way he started his career in the NBA mm-hmm. against the Jazz in Salt Lake City, yeah, he set the standard for what we expect of him that is impossible at this point 
to hold up. It was the peak. It was the peak. And so for us, is it's like, or at least not even us, but like the media, as far as national, it's like any game where he has a decent to mad night, it's like the whole conversation pivots to, is his body too thin? Can he not do this? Why is he limited here? It's like it, it begins all of those critiques come up. It's going to be, and I think Alex mentioned this in the text thread, but it's going to be exhausting defending Chet. Although I don't know if it's that much of a defense. Like I think a lot of people really believe in his potential. Yeah, but there's, I there's think, people that really like him. There's some people that don't like him at all. Yeah, Taylor. They, no, I love him. Why do people not like him just because of the way he looks? Well, I th- we're at the here's where we're at. We're at the stage of NBA draft, like post NBA draft, where it's it's time for me to defend my takes. Mm-hmm. You know. And so if you didn't like if you didn't like Chet pre-draft, you can use games like the other night to be like, see, mm-hmm. he's not gonna be able to hang. Or you can talk about the Utah game like, all right, it's one game. Who cares? It's summer league, you know. Um it's it's time to defend your takes. Yeah. This is how everybody feels. You know, something I really like about Chet is okay, you start with that first crazy game that threw us all. Yeah, it off was of this planet. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable, right? And then his normal games that he's had in the summer league, you're like, okay, well, that was fine. And then you look at his stat line, though, and it was still seven of nine from the field. Yeah. Or like six of nine, and he made all his free throws, and he had three blocks, and he had seven rebounds. Or and five, steals. Four assists. five steals. Five steals. Yeah. The Pacers, or the, not the Pacers, the Kings. And so that's something that I really, especially with him being this early, is like if he's not going crazy offensively or, or having highlight plays, he's going to fill in everything else. Yeah, and I think... He's going to give yeah. you something every night. You're going to get blocks from him. You're going to get rebounds and assists from him. You're going to get steals. You're going to get something. And I think that the other thing we are seeing is uh, most teams are... Not that they do a lot of scouting in Summer League necessarily, but they do at least some level of game planning, right? So their goal right now is to make Chet a perimeter player to press the ball to keep him from getting to the spot you know because he's not he's not sitting there with a two-foot cushion at the three-point line right, as much yeah. as he was against right like people mm-hmm. are pressing up on him some of the best defenders are wanting to defend him mm-hmm. and some of that is because he's currently maybe the best player on this roster now uh, but in addition to that is I think it's the thing that Chet is going to deal with with the fact that he comes with that kind of ego or cockiness or whatever yeah. you know whatever you want to call it is he is going to get the best from guys because they want to prove something I think the the reminder that I keep in the back of my mind and and the reminder I think that all of us need to listen to is one of the important things about Chet and especially in the pre-draft and draft process is why people thought he was going to be great in Oklahoma City is because they have the patience to give him a few years to actualize who he can become. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the fact that we're expecting him to be this finished product, his first year in the NBA, where even though he's a little bit older, you know, he's almost 20 or whatever, he is still growing and figuring he's still a rookie. Mm-hmm. He hasn't even played a real NBA game and we're already evaluating him like, nope, his body's not going to hold up. It's like, can we give this guy a minute? A minute, and it's because he set this high bar, right. 
where if you watch him in that Jazz game, it like, was not smart. He shouldn't have done that. Are the Thunder, are the Thunder going to make the, the playoffs? playoffs? Well, not yeah. even the play in the playoffs. <laughs> they could have. I think have home court advantage. Uh, well, yeah. So it's like, and then I think the other thing that's important in the midst of this is to remember that neither Giddy nor Chet are the best players on this team. Yeah. Like Shea Gilgis Alexander is will make Chet a better player. Yeah. Just by drawing the defense towards such a magnetic oh, yeah. player. Yeah. Um so that's what I'm more intrigued now. I've seen summer league, I've seen what I need to see. I've never I through the whole time I have not been unimpressed with what I've seen from him. Mm-hmm. J Dub, mm-hmm. even Trey Mann looked better, obviously against the Kings. Yep. Giddy, I was just in love with what he did in the summer league. He was yep. reckless and crazy, which is exactly what I wanted to see. I don't care about him protecting the ball in this one. The Chet thing is, it's going to be a narrative for as long as he's here. Truthfully, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think, and I mentioned it just a little bit before the pod. I think we, as a fan base of even, but really the national narrative has forgot that like. Shea is the alpha on this team and will be the alpha. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to open up so much possibility for what Chet becomes. Yeah. Um, that we're just not even thinking about it feels like in the narrative. Yeah, like the pick and pop three that he can't get right now because they don't care about guarding anybody but him. You know, that will be there. Yeah. Um, and then the easy buckets at the rim, too that the Thunder just haven't really been able to get because they didn't have any rim-running centers, he'll be able to get those too. Uh, I think you're right, Jay. I think it's going to be – that will be really fun to see the full complement of players all together because Shea really is the engine of the offense. Yeah. He's the engine of the 29th best offense in the NBA. Hell so, yeah. So. What's a what is the uh, what's the worst stat line Chet can have this year, this rookie season, that would still be considered a success? Ten, seven, three blocks per game. Three is the worst? Probably. <laughs> That's insane. Two. Two. And then, what? I mean, I can see him averaging two to four assists a game. Two to four would be a, would feel like a lot. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> because he's just not going to like... Okay, let's just say guess the stat line. What do okay. you think his stat line will be? Not what the worst would be, but eleven point seven, seven point six, one point eight assists, one point two steals, two point eight blocks. Okay. Two point eight blocks feels like a lot. It does, but who else is blocking? Poku. Basley. Basley some stat about fouls and blocks, man, last year. More more, what was that? More blocks and fouls. More, more blocks and fouls? Yeah. 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 I don't think he fouled all season. That's fine. I don't know. I think 12 points is probably decent. Somebody's got to score the points, Andrew. Somebody's got to. I mean, there's point scorers on this team. There right has now. to be. We, I, but I'm now, say, I'm saying. My bold, my bold prediction. They're going to be 20th or better offensively this year. Okay. I feel it. 20th wow. or better. Just adding J-Dub, Trey wow. Mann getting more minutes. Actually trying to play games at least for hopefully a majority of the season. Um, mm. Who's going to have good like field goal percentage for the year? Shea will. Chet oh, will. Chet. Yeah, Chet. Chet, Chet will. Shoot 60% from the field. Yeah. I don't know. It, like Dort probably won't. No, he's not probably a super not. efficient player. Neither is Trey Mann. Neither is Giddy. See, that's what I'm really interested J-Dub. about with J-Dub is 
he could be one of those guys that's like he's going to go 49% from the field, mm-hmm. 37% from three, maybe not take that many. But I think he's going to be an efficient scorer. I could see, as a shooter yeah. and as like a cutter and a yeah. But say because I think more of his shots are going to come from the. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's going to shoot. If he does play the four, I think he will stretch a little bit. But I think so much of his game, it looks like, yeah, is going to be cutting or yeah. getting getting things in the lane more so. And if that happens, then you're. I mean, immediately your field goal percentage begins to increase. You know, yeah. So I don't know. He'll play all over the place. I mean, he'll play the one through four, mm-hmm. just depending on what they need that night. You know, but then, and it's like Kenrich is a really good option at that four spot too. Yeah, they'll play Kenrich at least to start the season. They will, for sure. So who's gone off this team? Okay. I know y'all did a little bit of this on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I think Ty Jerome's gone. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Derek Favors gone. Favors gone. Yeah. Jermichael Green is gone. gone. Yeah, never even showed up. Is, fa- mm-hmm. is Favors going to be on the team, though? He was there at Summer League. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him. Wearing, I mean, they'll some cool he'll be the jeans. backup. Cool jeans. They'll have him play, like, backup minutes to change. Favors? I hope yeah. Muscala no, just plays the yeah, Really? Yeah. Favors gone. Gone. Hang on. Um, Who's yeah. backup center? Mike. Okay. Lusky. Not, not Jay Will, I hope. Could be. He needs a year in the G League. I think you're right. I think he's going to do that. They like him a lot. Yeah, yeah, they gave him a four-year deal. I know. They do like him a lot, it feels like. but I'm they, like, took him in the, they took him 34th in the draft and gave him a contract. I it's mean, okay, though, feels like for him to take a year and develop. You know what? you got to lose games somehow. Yeah. Apparently playing J-Will J- will do that. J-Will and Poku will get you. Get I mean, you Mike Muscala will play backup center. Stay I mean, in the top ten. That's what will happen. I saw Mike. Eating lunch in the oh, hotel. Oh my God! How does he eat? Stopped and talked to him. Made sure that he knew that he's talking about cereal on every single podcast that's ever been played over mm-hmm. this past year. Crackling oat bran. He liked that. He's a cool guy, huh? He's a cool guy. Did you talk yeah. to any of the other Thundermen? Uh, I mean, I saw Jeremiah Robinson Earl outside of the arena. Mm. He's a very nice guy. There's another four that's probably going to need some minutes. Four or five. Yeah, he looks. Jeremiah looks. Oh, yeah. fit. He looks. He looks good. He looks felt. He looks very good. I There's still not like a lot of guys on this team that make bad decisions him and Chet together anymore. You know? Yeah. No, they. It's they, like everyone yeah. that's going to play besides Poku and Baisley are going to make pretty good decisions with the ball or in life. Uh, on the basketball court. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody besides Baisley and Poku making good decisions. Yeah. Those two. <laughs> Those two. You do forget about some of the guys, though, that aren't there. I think the hype around the Summer League team has made it that way, where you're like just thinking, man, this is the the team. Yeah. And I know Shea. It kind of is. Shea, I know. Shea is the obviously the primary piece, but I think Dort obviously makes an impact. Like, yeah. Uh, Kenrich was another one that I was thinking about. But then beyond that, like, I don't know which one of those guys I would really want to see a whole lot more than the guys that are playing in Summer League. Right. Yeah. Like, within reason. Wiggins? Right? Do you want Wiggins to have Yeah, some yeah. Minutes? But Wiggins is in Summer League. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I'm talking about the guys that were sitting on the sidelines. I'm like, obviously, Shea's the most gravitational, then Dorg, mm-hmm. then Kenrich. And I know Baisley, 
there are some people I, that are listening to this that are immediately getting defensive, and I'm I'm still I need to see more out of Baisley offensively. That's yeah. I'll just say that. So he'll play. He will play. He'll have the opportunity, but. But beyond that, you could see, like, if we're talking... God bless you and your family. Oh, thank you. If we're talking about your top guys, you're going immediately to J-Dub, Giddy, mm-hmm. Chet, Trayman, Wiggins, J-R-E. Yeah. Like, those six that I just listed, plus the guys that were on the bench that I just talked about between Baisley and yeah. Shea, Dort. I don't know. Who else is going to get minutes that I'm not thinking about? No, I mean, I think that's... I guess Muscala, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michael plays some, but those I mean, those are the guys that will play a majority of the minutes. Yeah. Makes me excited for the season. I mean, season. that's the team. I mean, most of the lottery picks. J-Dub has this offensive game. I didn't know anything about J-Dub when he was drafted. Nothing. And he has this game that makes you think he's not going to be a great defender for some reason. Do you know what I'm saying? Like those players that are so good on offense, they're like, oh, they're not going to be very good defenders just because it seems to be that way in the league. You're talking about J-Dub. I'm talking about J-Dub. Okay. And then he has these defensive possessions where you're like, wait, he's actually, he's so long yeah. that it makes him yeah. a good defender. Yeah, yeah. his, like his length arms is going are to make so up long. for any sort of lateral quickness. Within reason that he has, right? Yeah. Like, and he is athletic enough to, like, that's been the shocker for me. Like, watching the way he dunks, which is one of the things you talked about in the interview, which was really uh-huh. well done. Like, I just think his athleticism was the more surprising part of him, which is going yeah. to also make him potentially be a, a higher-level defender. And the fact, I think, that this is also an underrated part of, of J-Dub's Dub. life. He will also, for the first time in his entire basketball playing career, not be even in the top five offensive weapons on your team. Yeah. Does that make sense? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like at Santa Clara, it was him. Yeah. So everything was scouted towards him. In mm-hmm. Phoenix, when he's playing, he was more than likely probably the best player on their team, you know, without a doubt, to go play college. Yeah. So for this, is like, hey, dude, you're. You get to focus on what specific areas you want to. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm kind of encouraged. He's been probably the most encouraging overall player from the summer league, in my opinion. Yeah, Chet, you knew coming in. It's yeah. like, all right, this guy's going to be good. He really needs to be good. Second overall pick. He's yes. got to be good. You have a baseline level of like expectations yeah. for him. Yes. And J-Dub, it's a, okay, I'm pleasantly surprised with this. And then through the summer, you're like, okay, this dude is so yeah. good. Because it felt like a reach at 12. You're like, yeah. oh, that guy, he's mocked at like 17 every single mock draft. Like, why do we pick him at 12? But you know where we took him, Andrew, at 12? Mm-hmm. In the, I forgot what that uh, zone is called in the draft. Uh, sweet spot. The sweet spot. Yeah. We should know. Should have known. Any players taken in the sweet spot, they're going to be good. We'll get to see a lot of Usman tonight running the point. Yeah, that's a guy. That's a guy that feels like he should have been on the team last year. That we're saying he's probably not going to get that many minutes this year. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, this has been fine. He De- was he De- was bad until the last De- two games. Defensively, he's played well. Okay, and he's a good decision maker. The surprising thing about Usman is when he misses bunnies and easy ones. Yeah, like that's where I'm like, he just missed a layup. Yeah, and the shot, whatever, man, keep shooting it. Have a blast. I don't really care about that, but yeah, the the missed like 
hey, I got a rebound and I still couldn't make it from a foot away. Right. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I know specifically what you're talking about. <laughs> Just dunk it or something. I don't know. Like, there's yeah. got to be a way. To he's make so that. big. Like, he looks so big yeah, he's on the giant. floor. He's giant. Yeah. Um, another guy that we were talking about last year that's not going to play, Teo. Yeah, I don't know why he's still on the team. Yeah, he may not be. Because he's French. Also, he might be around. Because he's French. Just, <laughs> just for French. Because he's French. Because he's French. Because French. Uh, he might be around just for us, though. To make it more That's what I was going to say. That's why I was trying really? to say Cody French. Cody French. Yeah. To Seriously, help. though. I mean, yeah. Dort's He's a vet now. He's a vet now on this team. Dort, Dort speaks French, though. So maybe, maybe yeah. that's enough. I don't know. That's like Canadian French. That's so different. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. Is it the the language is different? I mean, the language is not different. They can, cl- I mean, they can communicate what, like, in Like, is French. it Spanish in Spain versus Spanish in Mexico? Right. Huh. Slang is different. Abbreviations are different. The way you phonetically pronounce words I'm, are a little different. I just want to be honest with you. I think you're lying. I'm and not just lying. Making this up. I'm not lying. Okay, but I'm with you. So hold on. I'm, just I'm in, with you. I'm with you. Uh, I just shut up, like, Jay. Okay. I was in Portugal. They speak Portuguese. Okay. So does Brazil. So does Brazil. They can talk to each other, but it's a little different. All right. If you're from Portugal, you can tell if someone's from Brazil. If you're from France, you can tell if someone's from Canada. It's like Australian okay? and Eng- in England. Exactly. And and American. No, it's we speak like, American. They like, speak English. It's like Oklahoma and Jersey. English. Much different. So are you Twitter. Sometimes I read English Twitter. I don't know what they're saying. Are you assuming this or you know this about French? No, I know this about French. Okay. I'm exaggerating. They can communicate in yeah. French. Yeah. But it is different. Yeah. It is okay. a little different. How about that? Look at that. Wow. Okay. Geography. I mean, you could, even like, there's words in England. Like, if I say jumper, what is a jumper to you? Uh, song by Third Eye Blind. <laughs> what is a jumper to you? If I, I say... Wait. It's um, it's a, it's a girl's uh, suit. That's a romper. A jumper is just a sweater. A jumper is just a sweater. Any sweater. Wow. Uh, how about crisps? Those are uh, chips. chips. What about chips? Fries. Those are fries. fries. See what I'm saying? Dang. Tayshawn's <laughs> deep dive. Wow. What else, man? Oh, you want me to just keep going? Yeah. That's what Taylor lived oh, in Ireland bad. for a decade uh, or something. God, what else? Oh, biscuits. What are biscuits? Hold on. Um, they're round bread things. Oh, no, they're cookies. Biscuits are just cookies. No, they're round bread things. They are to you. Yeah, that's what they are to me. Yep, they are. Am I talking about what they are to me? Yeah, but but like England, they they invented the language. We should be it's using true. their words, but we didn't. We changed. They it. also spell things differently too. They do. Like they add a lot of U's, O's. Okay, so here's something in my industry. There's a shirt company called AS Color. They're from Australia, so it's spelled C O L O U R. Americans, so many Americans I talk to about that brand, call it AS Color. I'm like, no, it's just color. That's we're the only English speaking country that spells it without a U. <laughs> Literally everywhere else spells it with the U. Wow. Yeah, all of our U's went to the U S of A, bro. Exactly. Give me a high five. Wow. Aluminium? What is uh, that? Yeah. What did I just say? Aluminum. Aluminum. I did. You're right. I worked with a guy from Scotland mm-hmm. my freshman year in college. And uh Donkey. So I, I started Shrek. But he, he was giant. Mm-hmm. Giant, terrifying, but he was a really nice guy. His name's Norman. He was 
amazing. But I found out like at the end of the year, I started talking. Norman. I started like finding myself like responding to him in a Scottish accent. I was like, <laughs> this is not am good. I making fun of you? I'm not making fun of you. I just want to be you. Can Dude. I, I wish I had an accent like that. Dude, I do that on accident to my father-in-law all the time. He's from Texas, deep Texas draw. And I, Kate will be like, why did you just talk to my dad like that? Like, you have to stop. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're talking in a Texas accent, and it sounds like you're making fun of him. I was like, I have no idea. I had no idea I was doing that. There's got to be some sort of, because that happens it's a, it's all the gotta time. It's got to be there's yeah. something. a psychological yeah. term or whatever. Yeah, yeah, there's, some, yeah. there's some sort of study out there. Yeah. Or you're just getting caught on like how, when you do make fun of them and you just revert back to making fun of those accents. Yeah. So give me an example. Shout out to uh, I don't want to. Shout out to Norman. Norman, Scotland. Edinburgh. Man, that'd be tight, man, but he's not watching. Edinburgh. Love Frank Sinatra. So we listen to a lot of things. Hello, I'm Tayshawn. This is my Victory Dictory. I actually want to use this segment because I wanted to talk about this earlier Mm -hmm. with you, Andrew. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to use it for this. Mm -hmm. Um, I want some behind the scenes Las Vegas stuff. Mm. You were there for a long time, mm-hmm. and you were talking to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I want you to tell us as much as you can without, um, you know, you putting yourself in a weird uh, spot with these people. So you're making videos for the athletic. You're doing all these podcasts. Mm-hmm. You did live podcasts on video, all that. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? Was your day like super full every day? Uh, yeah, every single day was like get up, get to the arena get busy on something um this is this is a good story uh keith parish who's the host of fast break breakfast um he did a show with me we're done andre iguodala and evan turner have their show and they were doing it right after ours and so they're standing behind behind the stage and keith comes up to me and he's like hey keith is he covers the grizzlies and he was like hey do you think that i could go up to andre and he has Andre's Welcome to Memphis like yeah. Instagram post or whatever that they posted whenever they traded for him. He's like, could I go up and ask him to take a picture with this? And I was like, yes, you could. And I think that you should. I don't know how it will go, yeah. but you should definitely do it. And so he goes up to Andre. And Andre, he's like, hey, he introduced himself. I introduced myself. We're talking to him. And he, it's like, I do this podcast. It's a Grizzlies podcast. And I wondered if you would want to take a funny picture with me. Um, and he shows him what it is. And he's like, oh. And he starts going off on like how they misrepresented him. And how he's like, I wanted to play in Memphis. They told me they were going to trade me. They told me not to report. But then the reporting out of that was that I didn't want to be there. He's like, I, I wanted to be there. He's like, I, he's like talking about how much he loves John Moran and how much he loves all the young guys and how he felt like he was like very misrepresented in the media that 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 wasn't the story. But he's like, whatever. He's like, I got an extra year in Miami, you know, mm-hmm. got everything I wanted. But he's like, if everyone was just throwing me under the bus, then he did take a picture with it, and it was hilarious. It was awesome. That is a funny picture. Yeah. So they didn't record the back and forth that they had. Oh no. Dang, I wish they did. He also did. said some other stuff that I'll have to tell you. 
Oh, Ooh, off the pod the stuff. Okay, here's a question. So that stage. Yeah. So they were waiting. So the athletic was doing podcasts on the stage, and then Meadowlark was doing. Po- was that stage just being used by whatever media company, and they were scheduling podcasts mm-hmm. to use? It? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was put there by the sports business classroom, so mm-hmm. it was being run by like students, basically. Oh, cool. And so it gives them an opportunity to like produce and do all that kind of stuff while we're, you know, doing our thing, which is great for us. Yeah. Because so, you kind of just show up. We show up. They're kind of doing everything. I'm like scheduling it all, making sure everything looks good. And then, You have to bring your own video? No. Oh, you use it and then they send it to you? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, yeah, that's amazing. What about your audio stuff? Amazing. Yeah, they send me the audio. Wow. Yeah, it's, it rules. I think I'm going to try to go next year. You should. Dude, that would be amazing. Be very fun. We should all try to go. I know we've said this before. I know even Rosillo had mentioned it too. He's like, listen, if you're about to you, you were talking yeah. to Rosillo, him and I were connected. Yeah. No, I was talking to him. No, I was listening to his podcast. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, listen, if you're a basketball junkie at all, like you have to put this on your bucket list. It's just the best experience. Yeah. It's great. You just walk around. It's like, Oh, there's Gary Payton just like hanging out and you could go talk to him if you wanted to the glove, you know, the glove. And like, if you go out and gamble, I hear you'll just run into, people if you go to the right hotels there's like a few different hotels like the like every nba team stays at the win yeah and so if you just go hang out at the win or if you go just hang out at aria like you're just people are just going to be around you. where'd you stay we stayed at mandalay bay the thunder stayed at delano which is like connected to mandalay bay so that's how i saw a lot of thunder people just walking in. I just figured the around. thunder. No, the thunder stayed uh, 13 miles yeah. off the strip. They didn't actually stay in Vegas. They stayed. Uh, <laughs> it's like the southernmost hotel, on the strip. Though, yeah. On the strip, though. Um, but yeah, it was cool. There's a lot of, there were a ton of. Did you go swimming? People. No. I oh. wish. I, the, the pool is amazing. I mean, are you so, are you just busy? Like you're working basically the whole time? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like some of it is like just networking and like, okay, I'm going to be in this spot so that I can, you know, be available to talk to whoever, Mm -hmm. you know, there is this, um, area behind the basket, they call it the pit. And if you have a media pass or certain credentials, you can go down there and and you can mosh during the game, just hang out. It's a mosh pit. But that's where I, everybody I just he catches them. He's just like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he does. Oh, he I do, definitely. Um, but people are just walking through, like media people, NBA people. Like Kyrie Irving was down there. It's just, and sometimes you're like, I just want to go stand down there and just see what I can see. Dang. You know, that's where I saw um, Alpern Shangun and his wild, weird outfit. garb. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. You see, like I saw Sam Presti, Woj, and Reggie Jackson having a conversation down there, and it was just like, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what could they possibly be talking about right now? Um, okay, so say say the whole Down to Dunk crew does go out there next year. Yeah. Okay? You're clearly going to be working much more than the rest of us. Yes. So we can just kind of party <laughs> yeah. and go to the games and do podcasts. And then... And party. Go to the casino. Strip club. Oh, it's casino. No, not that. Oh. 
<laughs> we're gonna get no, no, no. Andrew's like doing real like editing a video and we go to uh, Cirque du Soleil or something. Yeah, that'd be that's awesome. That's what I was saying. Yeah, we're gonna go. I want to go see Silk Sonic in Vegas. Celine Dion, maybe Britney. What's Silk Dang. Sonic? Silk Sonic, Bruno Mars, and uh, oh my God, Anderson Pack. Yes, thank you. Yeah, and Andrew, you know that song. This. Diamonds on her wrist. Here I am alone. No, you don't know that. No, no. Dang, man. No, this is this is like when J Dub mentioned the video game that he really door. liked, and I'm I was like, door open, I don't know what man. that is. Oh gosh, they're yeah. awesome. They're awesome. They're amazing. They're awesome. Wow, Anderson Pack is such a good drummer. I know, and also a great lyric. It's to watch him. Sick. So if you've watched his NPR Tiny Desk concert, I haven't seen it. Oh, dude. I had never heard of him. This is a few years back. His Tiny Desk concert, NPR. Yeah. yeah. Anderson cool. Pack. I'll send it to you because it's that impressive. He's playing drums the whole time and singing, and it's he's so stinking good at drums, too. Yeah. It makes it's me stinky. real, real frustrated. Oh. You watch him and you go like this. Pew-wee. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, uh, man? I, I think it was awesome. Where should I, we stay when we go? You want to stay at, at one of the. We need to stay hotel. at the same hotel you that he's like, at. You no, stay no, at like no, the no, Wynn no, or the no. Aria. That's <laughs> no, what I would no, recommend. No, 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 no. He's going to drag us into working, man. He's, that's not what that's true. Are we, what are we, we're going to be in his way. I so think we, we should, should do be in a different. At hotel. some point, an entire day podcast. That would be awesome. That would be so We've good. done that before. It's not as awesome as it seems. No, it was that's terrible, true, actually. actually. <laughs> that was really bad. I just said back surgery, too. I walked in. I was like, why am I here? How long did we do it? Seven hours. Dude, that it's was a still l- on YouTube in case you wanted to go back and relive. Yeah. About I don't. Two about three hours into it, I thought this was much more of a commitment than I was expecting. Luke wanted to do twenty four hours yeah. of podcasting. And then I was like, That's that is a ridiculous idea. And we narrowed it down to twelve. I was like, twelve is still just way too much. I was like seven. Because I think we had done like the pod for seven years. Wow. How is it only seven years? How long ago was that? Because this is season 12 for us. I so think. five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> is this a 12 season? I don't know. Is it, I think it's 11. 11, 12, 12, 13. I don't remember. 11, yeah. 13, 14, so we haven't <laughs> talked. Yeah, while, season 12. While you're counting, uh, we haven't talked at all about, I know we, we spent most of our time talking about Thunderbird. Any DeAndre Ayton thoughts from yesterday? Pacers gave a giant qualifying offer, or not yeah. qualifying offer, a, a offer, sheet. offer sheet. Suns matched it. Somebody said as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. Um, any surprises, anything that this does? I, I mean, I think the big narrative is that it really pulls the Suns out of any sort of Kevin Durant trade for now. Yeah. Um, which they've been the the favorite to land him. I think KD stays in Brooklyn this year. Like, I don't know Maybe. where else he's going to go. I don't know. I keep hearing, I keep seeing different things where people are like, oh, I don't know how they move him. He's probably going to be in Brooklyn for at least half the year to January or something like that. And then I see people that are like so confidently saying, no, this is done. It's done. Kevin Durant's not going back there. Yeah. This is it. He's out. They're going to trade. They're going to have to trade him for something that's less than what they should get. Yeah. Miami is the one that you keep hearing about. Yeah. They could put a decent deal together. Uh, it's just they've Brooklyn, Brooklyn fans. You're not going to get equal value. 
Like it, that is an impossibility. Yeah. To get equal value for the second best player in the world right now, probably. So yeah, what? Can't do it. So the Nets are going to basically rebuild, I guess. With they're gonna, they're Steve about to Nash. Run they're running it back. They're not getting rid of Kyrie either. Not right now. Yeah, unless the Lakers yeah. come to their senses. Or just the Lakers do what LeBron wants, basically. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. I can, can you see that not happening, though? For sure. I just can't see that not happening at this point. Well, Kyrie, Kyrie to for the us. Lakers. Yeah. yeah, it seems like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. It's the only trade partner. Russ is obviously not happy with the situation. It was funny because, like, LeBron's talking to everybody, you know, walking through Summer League and not talking to Russell. And Russell's not talking to him. Really? Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. And Russ is just sitting vibing the whole time on the other side of the court. As LeBron, LeBron's, like, in the pit. Russ is sitting Moshing. on the side the sidelines. Moshing. Just smiling, just vibing with every song. Just is he by himself? And he's sitting with somebody, but Ray. I don't think it was Ray. Oh, okay. Russell Russell is uh very comfortable with burning bridges, isn't he? He yes. It's his I mean, it's it, not just he's not he's not innocent in this, but it's No. LeBron has as much to like this was everybody knew this was a bad idea. Well, here's the thing, is that if Russ was going to change, the best chance for him to change was with a guy like LeBron. Yeah. And the thing is, Russ needs to change and has needed to change for a while. So this is Russ. <laughs> this just is what it is. Yeah. He's AI. He, he should have been able to take a lesser role with that team and be okay with it. But he still believes he's Russell Westbrook. In his defense, which I am not trying to be this Rustan. In his defense, he's also the only guy that played last year, the whole season. Yeah. LeBron yeah. was hurt for large amounts of time. AD basically played three games, and yet they still don't want him on the team. I understand that, yeah. which is fine. Like they they shouldn't have ever got him on the team, but now there's this conflict between Palinka and LeBron. We don't want to th literally our draft is already wasted. Like yeah. we don't have a draft in the next 20 years basically it feels like yeah. because of the AD trade. Yeah. Which w was worth it. You got your championship, move on. Right. Yeah. But for me in the end I'm like so now they're the sticking point is two unprotected or lightly protected firsts for Russell Westbrook and Kyrie swap. Now if I'm the Lakers, I don't give a crap about the draft. They're the only franchise that actually can justify Phoenix's draft take. Mm. Because they don't they, they don't build through the draft. Yeah, it's true. So trade it all away. Give all your draft assets away. Who cares? And go get Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing that where I would hesitate. It's like it's Kyrie Irving. Like, okay. But the only time he's ever functioned like a normal productive NBA players when he's playing with LeBron. Yeah. Know, and that, that was so long ago. It now. was when he was young though, too. Yeah. I would that's where I would kind of worry. Yeah. It's been a long time. Like it doesn't feel like that, but what year did they win the championship? 17? 16. It was the year that Katie yeah, left. 2016. 16. So 6 years? Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time.
He's changed a lot. Yeah. I sat right behind Kyrie Irving during the Thunder game. Um, really? Yeah. He was just, I mean, I could have reached out and patted him on the head. Uh, it's weird. Just like one of those weird Could you moments. hear what he was talking about? No, but like several people went up to try to talk to him. Like Alex Schiffer, who works at the Athletic, covers the Nets for us. Like went up to talk to him and asked him if he would, you know, go on the record. And no, no, not happening. Yeah, but a lot of people went over and talked to him. Like Royal Ivy came over and gave Kyrie like the biggest hug. How do they um, know each other that well? I don't know. Derek Fisher did too. Derek Fisher was sitting over here. Yeah, and Kyrie's sitting over here. It's just like this is weird. This is what a weird place I'm in right now. When's Derek Fisher going to go on uh, that Matt Barnes podcast? Gosh, I don't know. All the smoke. Derek Fisher is like... That would be amazing. That would be appointment podcast listening. Like refreshing the podcast feed until it comes on. Derek Fisher is the worst, man. Yeah. He's the absolute worst. Yeah, he's worse. Matt Barnes is everywhere, too. Yeah. I mean, that podcast is huge now. Yeah, he was he was at the media, you know, party that we had. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the first people there. Matt Barnes was. It's funny Draymond saying we're new media players are going to be in media now. It's like that's kind of been happening for. You're not <laughs> you're not the the first person to do this. No, yeah. not even uh, close. Matt Barnes has done a kind of 180 in my perception of him. Yeah, like watching him interview Giddy. I don't know if you got to see that because you were there, but. Yeah, because his Barnes, I guess he works for ESPN a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Barnes, and he was just really like, "Hey, man, I don't know." It just felt very because I used to he, just he watches a lot he, of basketball still. But the He's, way he played was so it was like a annoying, yeah. And for Thunder fans, because he was on those Clippers teams, yeah. yeah. And he was so good, he was you, annoying, and he was you good. felt like you had to make a decision to be against him, right? And so mm-hmm. for me, is, is to watch him kind of develop into this media personality. It's been really, I don't know. It's it's kind of redeemed him in my my perception of him. So yeah, okay, he's good. Hmm. Hmm. You want to do some Twitter questions? We you should probably do break? some. We should probably take a break and then do some Twitter questions. We'll be right back after this quick break. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. See what I just did? I think that's what I did in my phone. Yeah, definitely. Uh, And we're back after that quick break. (laughs) Now it's time for some Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Questions and you ask them on Twitter. <laughs> now we answer them for you. This is Twitter questions. <laughs> now let's get down to it. 
first Twitter question comes from uh, at underscore Spence Smith underscore odds on the Thunder having two all-rookie team members. Two teams, two players, and the top ten of this rookie class. Is there only two rookie teams, not three? I believe it's just two. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, man. So what? They can do two forwards, two big men. Is it kind of like? NBA no, I don't think NBA? it's. I don't think there's positions. Oh, okay. It's just the best ten guys. Okay. Um, chat. I think fifty-fifty sure could do it. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. Either happens or it doesn't. Either happens or doesn't. Chet and J Dub are obviously the clear. The J Dub one does he get enough? Mm-hmm. Does he get enough stuff, shots, minutes, all of that? That's the yeah. question. Chet for sure. I think J Dub could get some highlights this year. And yeah, I but think the, that yeah, will help. It him doesn't a lot. ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the all rookie teams from this year: first team, Cade Barnes, Mobley, Franz, Jalen Green. Second team, Herb, Giddy, Bones Highland, Iodasumu, and Chris Duarte. Okay. J Dub can make it. <laughs> right. I think J-Dub It does feel make. like that after reading it. Because like yeah. this yeah. is in this rookie class, like oh, it's so stacked, you know. Yeah. Like um here's the list of players that got votes but didn't make it. Kaminga, Davion Mitchell, Shangun, Suggs, Zaire Williams. Jose Alvarado, Austin Reeves. Yeah. Then yes, the odds are good. It feels better after reading that list, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Yeah. Because, I mean, who's who that got, that got selected in the lottery, you know, might not be ready to make Let's it. Let's try to do it. Let's try to predict it right now. Okay. We can do this. Okay. Uh, Paolo Bancaro yes. is certainly going to make it. Keegan Murray is going to make it. He's going to make it. Um, Jaden Ivey? Jaden Ivey is probably going to make it. At least second team. I think Matherin's going to make it. He's not hurt. Jaden Ivey, I watched him play his first couple games, and I just thought, man, he is going to get hurt. Oh, really? He is, like, so reckless. He just barreled into a one of, like, the cameramen during a game. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this guy, he's going to die. He reminds here. me of Russ a lot. His athleticism, the way he moves. The difference was is Russ was unbelievably durable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's the thing that we probably underrate about Russ is how durable he was. Without a doubt. Outside of the, obviously, plagues of Egypt the year before, after. I don't remember. But, yeah. Um, I, I said it. Ben Matherin, I think, makes it. I think he's going to get a lot of opportunity in Indiana. Yeah. Like, Shaden Sharp, no. Dyson Daniels, maybe no. Yeah, I didn't watch it. He he got hurt immediately too, right? Within like seven minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight, they both got hurt within like seven or eight minutes of being out there. Sohan, probably not. What about a? I don't want to mess up his name. Ochai Agbagi. Abaji. Abaji. I mean, he's Dang. just kind of a you role player. He's kind of a role player. I don't know. What, what about that guy from Cleveland that drafted from Kansas? <laughs> Ochai. Uh, Ochai. Ochai. I mean, you could see it happening with J Dub. Because he's going to be productive. Are there going to be any shockers? At the, so, like, uh, Tari Eason. Tari could make it. There's some momentum for people loving that guy. Gosh. Tari, but here's the thing with Tari. 
he's such a summer league player. Mm-hmm. Like, holy smokes, he's like built for summer league because it's all one on one defense and it's all one on one offense. And that's what he thrives in. Now, it's always been can Tari fit into a team concept? Yeah. Because Tari Eason came off the bench at LSU for a reason. Like, like, oh, this is our best player. Why is he coming off the bench? Yeah. Well, you know, Fred, Fred Katz and I wrote a piece where we talked to a scout, and the scout said, Tari Eason doesn't understand how to play team defense. The Rockets' defense sucks anyway, so like they just might be like, Tari, just start for us, and we want you to guard the best player, and we don't care what you do. We don't care if you fit into what we're doing because their their team is all over the place. Yeah. He, and that whole thing reminds me of Davion Mitchell, who last year had a really good summer league, and he had a lot of heat coming yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, And then he ends up not making the team. He had a really bad start to the season. Mm-hmm. His end, he ended well. But... Uh, the the way the Rockets are building their team actually gives me hope that whenever we have their picks, that we could get really good picks. Really? Because I don't think they're going to be good anytime soon. Yeah. With the Thunder, you can see the vision of what they're doing. The the, the, the wild ro- card for the Rockets, though, for me is is, I mean, I don't know, Jalen Green. Yeah. They yeah, you're right. Like they just they have a high level of talent, but not a lot of cohesion or and to end also the organization is just garbage. But like if you've got a bunch of guys that are out for themselves, which it yeah. feels like Shangoon's a little bit that way. It feels oh, yeah. like Jalen Green's that way, yeah. Tari Eason's Tari's that, that way. way, Kevin Porter Jr.'s that way. Oh my gosh, KPJ is that way. So it's like and then you have Jabari Smith who's just I, I mean, I have a feeling they're gonna take this guy who's got a tremendous upside, especially from shooting. And he's just going to be standing there waiting for the ball and never, ever getting it. Yeah. yeah I feel bad for Jabari. Yeah. Jabari will probably make the team still. But, yeah, they're going to have to learn how to be a good teammate to mm-hmm. Jabari. Because Jabari, bless his heart, just can't dribble. Well, and he's going to have no, to do he, stuff. he needs somebody to get him the ball. He's going to have to be amazing on defense. I think if I was Jabari, I'd be like, all right, these dudes aren't going to get me shots. So I'm not even going to get the points per game that I – want or it, could get so what i'm gonna like, do is block everything and that just, just takes put, that just takes such a mental shift though yeah because does. you have to like nobody gives a rip about defense like especially there too people people like, watching yeah. that team is not gonna be like hey listen well, i know jabari is not it. scoring over 10 points yeah, but a they game, had a but, good team defense though yeah. Yeah. With the pelicans and they had a plan they did that's true you yeah. know and that's where with houston it's like he could be the best defender in the world. They're still going to be the twenty seventh best defense yeah. in the league. No, it doesn't really matter. And the narr- what I was kind of alluding to is, I think the narrative switches around a guy like Jabari, and then it puts the pressure on him because as much as yeah. like even J Dub mentioned it, where it's like, yeah, I haven't really been that mindful of what people say about me, but now and Giddy has said it as well. It's like you just hear it. Yeah, you just hear it. People, yes. And so Jabari Smith's going to go to a team where we're like, ah, oh, Jabari's not shooting very well. It's because he gets two three-pointers a game. Yeah. Because he never touches the ball. And then all of a sudden, does he like try to do more, which ends up leading to more recklessness because he's not, you know, like that's where I could see it really spinning yeah. out of control for Jabari if the team doesn't buy into being a team. Yeah. So, but yeah, it does make you encouraged. Now, if they would have gotten Paolo, yeah, I'd totally feel, different ball game. I feel different. I would. I'd feel different. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other players that could make it. Anybody later? Jalen Duran. 
Jalen Duran could make it. Yeah, that was a name I was going to bring up. Uh, Blake Wesley for the Spurs looked pretty good in summer league. What about the kid that the Blazers drafted that isn't uh, Shaden? Yeah, he. Where was he? He was selected pretty late. Yeah, I just yeah, know Jabari everybody. Walker. Yeah, because the narrative is all like, "This is why you hire Mike Schmitz." They picked him fifty ninth. Because at fifty ninth, you're going to get a great player. He played well. Uh, he really also, did. He played that, well. That Portland summer league team was, but yeah, <laughs> that was the always the last game of the night, and yeah. I stopped watching basketball. Yeah. So many people did. Yeah. Everybody left. Keon looked okay. Yeah, I talked to Mike Schmitz. Super oh, yeah. nice guy. He's putting on chapstick the whole time I was talking to him. What? Just a lot of chapstick. Did he want to kiss you? A lot of chapstick. <laughs> he was preparing for something. You have to wear chapstick in Vegas. You do? Because the air is so, so dry. dry. You're there for like two days and you have just like crazy chap lips. Like, what's going on? Dang. And then so I had an Uber driver that wanted to talk to me so much about the boogers that you get when you're in Vegas. Huh. He's just, he kept bringing it back up. And I was like, yeah. He's like, oh man, the boogers were just crazy when I moved here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, man. And then I'm trying to talk about something else. He's, He's like, but have the like, just tell me, tell me about the bo- the bookers. Dude, I was I was very uh, thankful to have such a great Uber. I mean, five stars. Tipped him as much as I could after the booger conversation. What a, you know, it, was it true? Did you have some whoppers? I had in some there? boogers. Yeah, I had some bugs. Some whops. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, are they just big and sharp and dry? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like what makes those boogers different than these? Boogers? I don't know. He he was the only person I talked to the whole time that talked about the boogers. Maybe he was the only one, you know, confident enough to talk about it. But everyone's thinking about it, that kind of thing. Yeah, it's like man, I got some I crazy boogers. We need to right address now. this situation. Yeah. It was really <laughs> funny. Something's wrong with my boogers out here. <laughs> uh, Jaden Hardy. I would just I would ask to get out of that car. Oh, I loved it. I loved every second of it. I wanted to talk more. Boogers. I'd start looking around because I'm like, this dude's just flicking boogers, huh? Yeah, there's <laughs> boogers all over. <laughs> there are boogers everywhere in this Toyota Camry. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. Oh, poor EJ Liddell tore his ACL. Poor guy. It also rhymes. Yeah, it does rhyme. Mm. Uh, Jaden Hardy looked great. Good point. He's also like built for summer league, so I don't know if he's going to be good or not in the NBA. Max Christie did not look good. Caleb Houston looked pretty good for the yeah, Magic. Yeah, he did. That was good. Good um, for him. Peyton Watson looked all right. Yeah. Yeah. When, once I'm starting to go through this, I've seen so many of these guys play. I'm like, yeah, this this rookie class isn't 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 all that. That Golden State team, like Moses Moody and. Kaminga are going to play this year. Maybe. Like, Moody will. I, I have confidence that Moody will play a lot. Kaminga, yeah. I think he'll play. Yeah, you're probably right. But If they but, don't get Kevin Durant, like, they have... How many guys on this championship team are not on this team anymore? It's like a lot of the role players that were getting the 10 minutes here and there. Yeah, yeah Otto Porter left. Uh, Juan Gary Cisco, Payton. Anderson has gone. Yeah, Gary Payton's gone. GP. GP2. So those are three guys that got well. They added Juan didn't, Dante. Juan didn't play. Juan didn't play. Divincenzo. Divincenzo. Will oh, play. that's although his oh. knee is messed up. So yeah. So but, they added him. Moody. Him. I mean, Moody will get a lot of those auto. <laughs> Moody will play. I think Moody auto will, Porter minutes. Yeah, I think Moody will play a lot. I think Kaminga still doesn't know how to play basketball. Hmm. But 
the Warriors are, I mean, the Warriors will be right back where they were if they don't have injury problems. But as much wear and tear they put on their bodies, like I, I could see next year being a year where Draymond is hurt for quite a bit. And, you know, yeah. like who's who's next? Like say Draymond does get hurt. And honestly, he just hasn't been like, he hasn't he's been. just the catalyst for them though, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. Whole What's going to happen game, when, just, when Draymond doesn't work anymore? Yeah. It's coming, but it doesn't matter. They have the best shooter in the history of the NBA on that team. Yeah. Yeah. You, were you going to ask who ends up? Like, like, what's the plan, I guess? They're, and maybe they're, they don't need a plan right the now. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm just saying, I'm just bringing up a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. If Draymond wasn't on this team, Iguodala doesn't really play anymore. He's not going to keep being in the locker room and, and be on that team mm-hmm. for very much longer. Mm-hmm. So when you have Steph and Clay and these young guys, maybe it's Wiseman. Maybe Wiseman ends up being good. Yeah. I don't know. He may be good, but he he's not going to be the guy that yeah. Dre was. Yeah, but that's uh, all of these in dynasties. They end up ending at some point. Yeah, yeah. This one, I mean, you're going to look back and be like, "Hey, you know, we're riding this team. We're paying a lot of money for a couple guys that can't really play anymore." But we look back at our history. And we've got four NBA championships. Mm-hmm. Like, it's pretty worth great. It. Worth it. And pretty now they'll have. Great. They're not going to go through. What it feels like with Moody, with even maybe potentially Weissman, with uh, Kuminga, like they are doing that incredible balancing act of we'll still be young yeah. when these mm-hmm. guys also age out. Because Wiggins is, what is he, 28? I don't even know if he's that old. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, our and second Twitter pick, question. And they got a pick to get him. By the I know. Our second Twitter question. <laughs> At Declan R. Ford, uh, what's the difference between a rhythm and a pattern? This comes from a Sam Presti quote where he says, less pattern, more rhythm. Mm -hmm. 27 years old. So I think it's like flow. When I think of rhythm, I think of flow. Mm -hmm. It's this ongoing, consistent thing that doesn't really waver. A pattern feels static and flat. Yeah. Well, it's, I think it's just a shot at Russ is all it is. Like, oh. We know what Russ is going to do. It's a pattern. He's going to drive. He's going to oh. kick. He's going to do the cotton shot. It's very robotic. Yeah, and a rhythm rhythm potentially also has the ability to change, right? Pattern is stagnant. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I went into my mind for a second no, thinking good. like, all right, so this may be a drum thing because Presty's a drummer, but... Definitely, I don't really think it was a shot at Russ, by the way. I was just joking. Still doesn't make sense. (laughs) Pattern. I don't think it's a shot at Russ. I'm just joking. Um, Definitely drums. It's with this. It's all about the players that they've selected in the draft. It's like everybody patterns or rhythm. Oh, rhythm. Everybody's got to be able to shoot, pass, and dribble. That's like the new thing. It's like skill. It's like less less athletic thing to make your thing. Yeah, less athleticism, more. Good point. We what want if, people that play basketball. I know. Too. Yeah. And it's hard. They, I, I do think that after they nailed the draft with KD, Russ, Harden, and Serge, they're like, all right, so now we have to start thinking about who fits with these guys. Yeah. We don't need the shooting as much as we need. And the NBA was very different even back then, you know, 10 years ago. So, But that does remind me of the Spurs, right? The Spurs have, as an organization, have rhythm, like what you're talking oh, yeah. about. doesn't yeah. matter who's there. They're going to play like the Spurs, and they're going to switch it up a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But it's not just let's 
it's not just this is the star, this is the style. Which yeah. is so funny because they, especially those teams that played the Heat, yeah. it was like the most beautiful rhythmic basketball you've ever seen. Yeah. But I remember dreading watching the Spurs play in the late 90s and early 2000s. Like that Spurs-Pistons finals. You know why? Everybody wants to just block that. That was all pattern. It was terrible. Those teams, pattern teams. That was pattern teams. Pattern teams. I feel so pretentious talking this way. I know, exactly. Uh, Sam underscore Mark underscore Kelly. Do you see Trey Mann becoming a good enough defender to stay on the floor if targeted in the playoffs? Um, No. 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 But here's the thing. He doesn't have to. Look at Jordan Poole. Kendrick Perkins, after game one, was like, Jordan Poole can't play in this series. They need to sit him. People are going to say that kind of crap about these kind of players. But Shocking the thing is, that Perk was wrong. You, <laughs> the thing is, you need these kind of guys to come off the bench. He's To me, he's like the perfect bench scorer if, he's, if he becomes the player that we think he can be. Now, he's got a long way to go. Yeah. He was so inefficient last year. If he can become an efficient scorer off the bench then it doesn't matter. Like, how many of these guys have we seen throughout NBA history that don't have to be great defenders that can come off the bench, make an impact on the scoreboard, and they probably don't have to close games? But I will say this. Jordan Poole in the finals, yes, after game one, I hear that. But then the rest of the finals, especially the last three games, he was putting a lot of defensive effort on Yeah, the but board. he's not good. He wasn't that bad by, in those games, But by games, the though. time, by the time, man... Is when it matters, right? Three yeah. years away when they're maybe competing in the playoffs. Three years away from being three years. You're away. also looking at the fact that by that point, Chet has the potential to cover over a multitude of breakdowns, mm-hmm. right? Like to have that kind of rim protection. Like I can't remember who it was it against, but there was one where he came like on the opposite side. He because Chet's his length and a little bit of movement, like. And going back to what Vassini says, which is what I've seen every freaking game, he yeah. has tremendous defensive instincts. Yeah. And yeah. he had some block where he came from behind and had to come across the paint to get the block. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the stuff that if man can stay relatively in front of somebody on the perimeter, because if he gets beat, you do have now a, you know, a front court rim protector yeah. that is going to, in my my mind, like, going to be one of the best rim protectors within mm-hmm. the next two years in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, at JLo2836, I know we all love him. JLo! <laughs> and I really don't want to see him leave. I don't know who that is. But with, I, I do know who that is too. <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Oh, you got it! Singer and actress. <laughs> Model. Model. Uh, I really don't want to see him leave, but with Shea's trade value at a high right now, um, the Chetmate bromance in effect, and also increasing their chances of getting a top five pick next year, could you give us some ideas of what a Shea trade could look like? Um, they're not going to trade Shea. Like, just we can we can hang that up. Why do, you just, why do y'all want to trade Shea? Why are you talking about It's not going to happen. And the thing for me is like you're trading Shea to try to get the guy that maybe 
could be Shay. Could become Shay. <laughs> can yeah. we get? Yeah, can we trade Shay so that we could get somebody that's as good like, as Shay in four years? If you think it's Wimbenyana, you're trading what you know is a elite level player for a chance. I understand what he's saying though. Like I don't know. I don't know what you could get that would feel like equal value to Shay today. Honestly, like they have so many picks and like so many blue chip picks that it's like, why you don't need to do it. You know, you really just don't. And Shay is really good. And we haven't seen what Shay can be ultimately yet. He's also like by far and away the best player on the team and probably has the highest ceiling of anybody on this team still. Ah, I'd say Chet's ceiling is probably ceiling. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Che is really good. He is really good, but I'm talking ceiling. I know. I mean, you can go to wild places with Che. Right. Like, realistic ceilings. Yes, realistic ceiling. Fair. I'm like, talking ceilings, baby. I mean... You remember Poku's ceiling first year? He that still, thing was... It still exists. Unlimited. It's still, it's still there. That was like the ceiling Devin Tower. He... Um, the actual... The top one, not not each ceiling. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't think very, they're. Very tough. I don't think yeah. they're sure. We got to talk about the arena before we go. Okay. Um, Bye. So our our mayor David Holt, the honorable. What was it? What was he doing? What was he talking? So it's where? the state of the city address. Yeah, state of the city so he's giving the state of the city address, and it basically through maps four, I think, is yeah. where we're at right now. Which is so because I know there's not there are we do have people that listen that have no idea what Oklahoma City. So yeah, twenty five years ago. The city of Oklahoma City put together a project called the MAPS Project. So it was a penny sales tax, and that has financed everything that has developed in downtown. Yep. Everything. We've got, there's health centers, there's different things that have developed, but one of the, obviously, central pieces of that is the, what used to be the Ford Center, which became the Chesapeake Center, or Chesapeake Arena, and now it's the Paycom Palace. Uh, And so, in the last project defined through maps four which is the most recent redo of the penny tax Mm -hmm. they were going to do a thunder alley yeah so there's a street that goes between the paycom center and the omni hotel yeah they were going to renovate that whole thing and make it this like just high energy place yeah before games after games and off season it could just be there's restaurants there's spaces for live music like it'd just be a fun environment so yesterday during the state of the city address Mm -hmm. mayor david holt said we're putting that on pause because we are engaging in a conversation with the oklahoma city thunder about what it might look like for us to build a new basketball arena for this team yeah i was surprised Mm mm-hmm I would always probably lean more like, how about we just work? If, if that's what we want to do, let's just renovate the existing space. They've done that, though. Yeah. So I don't know what is the organization initiating this, I wonder. It's good. It's forward thinking. Because so it will be one of the oldest arenas in the NBA in like the next few years, which is important to remember. Yeah. It's also the smallest arena in square footage in the NBA. Oh, wow. And when they built the arena, they built it not with the intention of there being pro sports in it. So it's so smart to do this now. Because if they say, yes, we're going to build a new arena, they said it tomorrow, 
we're not going to probably have a new arena for a decade. You know, it, this is not something that just happens overnight. Right. And in a decade, what is the Paycom going to look like? Rough. In comparison to other arenas in the NBA. And so if you're already a small market that has a ton of disadvantages, do you also want to have the smallest, worst arena in the NBA? Yeah, not to mention the fact that I do think there is some baggage with that, with our history as a franchise. Exactly. Seattle yes. made the choice not to do it, yes. kept their old arena, right, and it you know ended up leading to their leaving. Yeah, the NBA was like just not interested in being there anymore because of the arena, and they needed a new arena. And so, to- I think as a resident of the city ish, I live in the suburbs, but yeah, is is I just always go to logistical questions. Yeah, so where does it go? Because That's a great if you're in Oklahoma City, or if you're out of Oklahoma City, you don't know. Like the Paycom Center has now. That's kind of the center. Yeah, it is. Without of, a doubt, it is. Of the city now. That's where they put the park. That's yeah, where the they park, put the hotels, all those yeah. different things. So you have to stay somewhere around where you, you currently exist, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think it has to go downtown. I don't know where they're going to do it. I think it's great. I think people will support it. Uh, yes. And it's just a good forward-thinking way to keep the Thunder here long-term. And he's he used so much language. I don't know if it's just to like rile up people that have money. Or what it is, and acting like there's a chance the Thunder leave here in like the next three years, that's I mean that's just not going to happen. No. So I don't. There shouldn't be fear there. But if you want to get people on your side, creating fear is one way to do that. He was definitely <laughs> tapping into that yesterday, which you I mean do what you got to do. I support Mayor Holt, and like he's very forward thinking when it comes to mm-hmm. our city, and I think that's good. And so great. Like get yeah, get it done. Yep. Get something in the next couple of years ready to go where it's like, hey, we're gonna have a state of the art arena that's gonna be here in Oklahoma City. It's gonna be south of whatever, like near the park on the other side, maybe. I that's, don't know. That's my assumption. Yeah. Somewhere like that. That's that makes ca- sense. That's like the only area I can think of where like you could buy it and maybe there's some like older houses there. You just bulldoze them and just put an arena there. Um and also, what would be cool about that is like that part of the city is kind of eh. It could revitalize. You could just have yep. like your city gets bigger. Yep. Things get better down there. Like it honestly, like that would be a huge win-win. I think. Yeah. For the city, because and I, they're already expanding the park south of I forty. Yeah. So just make that where it is. To me, I think that would be incredible. And for still, me, I'm like move it north put it right by the practice so it'd be great gosh it'd be great 10 minutes away from my house i know amazing but no they're not gonna do that they need to stay downtown put it in edmund like the uh (laughs) perfect the uh the detroit pistons arena is in auburn hills which is like a suburb of detroit so just put put the arena in edmund yep (laughs) why not let's go there's lots of land there's a ton of land land. it'd be great uh all right thanks so much for listening we'll be back on monday with mckelle talking about summer league how these last few games went i think they played maybe a couple more games um all right we'll talk to you guys on monday